0: Uh, We begin uh, a brand new series um, entitled, The Life and Times of Jacob Israel. Uh, I know Bible characters don't have two names, but this one sort of does. He starts off Jacob, and we're going to find out, I think, in part number seven. It's a nine-part series, uh, why he gets the last name Israel, or I guess the new name Israel. Uh, Today we begin with the birth of Jacob and his twin brother. Anybody know Jacob's twin brother's name? And it is Esau. Yeah, Jacob and Esau. So today we're going to look at them getting born. And you'll see that uh, Jacob's complicated life began at a really early age, like before he was even born. He was already complicated. And some of the trouble give me your eyes, that complicated Jacob's life was not even his fault. That's what's interesting. Some of the trouble that complicated Jacob's life, he inherited some of that complicated trouble that he was going to have to endure. And uh, here's the fact that you might not have thought of yet, but let me uh, suggest this to you. Some of the trouble, some of the complications in your life, You inherited. Did you know that? Some of the things that you deal with are uh, not really your fault. You inherited them, and uh, that's why some of the complications that we all have to endure are part of us. So would you please stand with me if you're able? And we're going to read out loud about the complicated trouble that Jacob began his life with. Genesis 25 is where we're at. We're going to read verses nineteen to twenty-eight. Would you read with me? Here we go. This is the account of the family line of Abraham's son Isaac. Abraham became the father of Isaac, and Isaac was forty years old when he married Rebekah, daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean from Paddan Aram, and sister of Laban, the Aramean. <laughs> Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife, because she was childless. The Lord answered his prayer, and his wife, Rebecca, became pregnant. The babies jostled each other within her, and she said, "'Why is this happening to me?' So she went to inquire of the Lord. The Lord said to her, "'Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you will be separated.'" One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. When the time came for her to give birth, there were twin boys in her womb. The first to come out was red, and his whole body was like a hairy garment, so they named him Esau. After this, his brother came out with his hand grasping Esau's heel, so he was named Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when Rebekah gave birth to them. The boys grew up, and Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the open country, while Jacob was content to stay at home among the tents. Isaac, who had a taste for wild game, loved Esau, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for giving us the gift called the book of Genesis. Lord, we are blessed to have it. You uh, inspired it, and thank you, Lord, for giving us honest and real pictures of a very complicated man. Lord, uh, thank you that you don't sugarcoat uh, major league sinners like Jacob, uh, like us here in your church at Walloon, uh, like me. Show us, Lord, how some of the complicated trouble that he had to deal with was stuff that he inherited from his father and even from his grandfather. Lord, I'm asking that you'll uh, even show us uh, some of the stuff that we deal with today, 2016, that we inherited from our parents and our grandparents and even our great-grandparents. We ask now that the power of your Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, might come in combination with the power of your word. And would you meet us today here in your church? Help uh, Jeff to get out of the way. We really need to hear from you. Help us to tune into your still, small voice. Speak, Lord. Uh, your church today in Walloon, we're listening. And all the church at Walloon said with one voice, together. You may be seated. Um, This sermon started out early on. This was going to be the sermon about the dangers of playing favorites. Um, And I had every intention when I was making up uh, the sermon schedule. This was going to be about, uh, uh, if, if you pick and play favorites with your children, it's not good. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Uh, verse 21, uh, Isaac, Jacob's dad, prays and asks the Lord to help and allow his wife, Rebekah, to have a child. Okay. Uh, God answers and she becomes pregnant. Verse 22, did you see that? And Rebekah goes very quickly from, Lord, why don't you let me have a baby and do you see what she says in the next verse, verse 23? What does she say? Uh, Lord, why are you doing this to me? Ever seen that happen? Yeah? Can I please have this? And, and, and Lord, why are you doing this to me? Uh, there's a war going on in your womb, Rebecca. The twins represent two nations, and they're not going to get along. There's going to be animosity and separation between your twin boys. Uh, verse 25 the first twin born was hairy and red, and they named him Esau. Anybody know what Esau means? It's kind of interesting. Literally means hairy. <laughs> that that baby's hairy. Uh, and red literally means uh, the uh, the nation named after him, the Edomites. Uh, that's who uh, the descendants of Esau were. Uh, Verse 26, the second twin comes out, um, and he is grasping at the heel of Esau. Think about it. Baby number one comes out. Um, I I don't know if I can do this. Uh, but, But literally, the younger one's holding on to the older one's foot as he exits the womb. Got the picture? Uh, maybe you don't want to think about that, but think about it anyway, okay? Uh, already wrestling in the womb, attempting to hold the oldest one back. See, the idea is he wanted to go first. So he was trying to pull his brother back so he could be the first one out. Um, uh, already uh, he was scrappy and tenacious, and Jacob's name literally means, you ready for this, grasper of the heel. Grasper of the heel. uh, Tenacious and scrappy from the beginning. Now here's uh, where the favorites between dad and mom occur. Slide down to verse 27 if you would. Verse 27 says that Esau was a hunter and a man of the woods. He liked to go out and kill stuff. And Jacob stayed amongst the tents. Jacob was a mama's boy. Okay, I don't know how else you could say it. He preferred to stay with mom and do mom stuff. Uh, Esau liked to get out there and kill stuff. Verse 28, it just says it very clearly. Isaac, that's that's the father, he loved Esau. Why? He bring me venison. (laughs) He bring me meat. (laughs) I like him best. And and literally it's that it's that blunt, it's that crude. Uh, and Rebecca uh, it says verse twenty-eight, look, it's not me making this up. Rebecca loved Jacob best. And I'm not sure of the voice. He's quite the cook. And he's learning how to be such a good cook and, and he can do all the wonderful things in the kitchen. That's my best Julia child that I got. Okay? Sorry. But Again, it's just obvious. Everybody knows it. The writer here says it flat out. Uh, Dad loves Esau. Mom loves Jacob. And everyone knows that they've picked favorites. Uh, We're going to see next week there's really bad consequences when you play favorites. So we're going to move that kind into next week and you'll see the consequences played out. Uh, And I would just say... For today, 2016, when parents play favorites today, give me your eyes, there are still disastrous consequences. So I, I just would urge you, moms and dads, uh, grandmas and grandpas, when you choose to pick favorites and it's obvious and clear that you have your favorite, that's disaster. It was a disaster back then, it's still disaster today. I was going to spend the rest of our time talking about animosity and bitterness and frustration and people who are 50, 60, 70 years old, they still haven't got over the fact that mom or dad didn't pick them. They're still angry, they're still bitter, and there's still animosity between uh, the children especially. Okay, So that's where we were going, but the more I studied, then I... I realized, if you have your Bible, go back to Genesis 21, here's what changed my mind. If you go back to Genesis 21, you realize that Jacob's grandfather, his name was, Jacob's grandfather was Abraham. He played favorites with his children. Here's what I mean. Uh, He had an oldest son named Ishmael, and he had a younger son named Isaac. That was Jacob's dad and it was Sarah, grandma's idea, hey, why don't you have a baby with my woman servant, Hagar? Abraham goes along with it, and that's a bad move. Anyway, they have a baby, his name is Ishmael, and they plead, Lord, please give my, my wife Sarah a baby, she has a baby. Uh, and uh, then in chapter 21, that's all Genesis 16, that Hagar, Ishmael stuff with uh, having a baby. But then in chapter 21, Ishmael, the firstborn son, is sent away. Um, just go, and you've got to go fend for yourself. We don't want you here around the house any longer. Um, so that's kind of interesting. We just saw that Jacob's... Mom and dad play favorites, right? Uh, Dad, Isaac, likes Esau better. Mom likes Jacob better, right? Okay, Uh, how do you suppose this is going to play out for Jacob? Do you think that will have any effect on his life? If you have your Bible, turn to Genesis 37 with me. I think we're going to put it up here on the wall, but I I want you to see that once Jacob becomes a dad, Um, here's what happens. Genesis 37, verse 3. Now Israel, that's Jacob's new name. We're going to get to why he gets a new name. Uh, Jacob Israel loved Joseph more than any of his sons because he had been born to him in his old age. And he made him a really special robe. Uh, Verse 4, how does that go over with with, uh, Joseph's brothers? Here's what they say. When his brothers saw that their father loved Joseph more than any of them, what does it say? They, they what, what did they do to him? They couldn't even say a kind word about him. That's the effects of favoritism. The other brothers hate the one who's the favorite. Okay? So let me do the math for you, okay? Grandpa Abe played favorites with his children. Father Isaac played favorites with his children. And now son Jacob played favorites with his children. Some of the trouble that complicated Jacob's life was not even his fault. Some of the trouble that complicated his life, please track with me, he inherited that tendency from grandpa and dad. And sure enough, he went right along with the sinful flow. He went right along. He passed it on to his children, and you need to understand something. Some of the trouble that complicates your life, it's really not your fault. You inherited it from mom and dad. You inherited it from grandma and grandpa, and great grandma and great grandpa. Um, I want you to turn to Exodus twenty. Uh, Logan's going to put it up here on the wall. Exodus chapter 20, that's God's top ten list. Um, I I want to show you in verses 5 and 6 what it says. It says, You shall not bow down to them, it's up here on the wall if you need it, or worship them, talking about idols, false images, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents How far does the the punishment and the consequences roll? To the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me, who aren't doing it my way. Verse 6, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. Are you ready? Here's the implication. Children often will repeat the sins of their parents. And often those sins will be passed on to the children and then to the grandchildren and then even to the great-grandchildren. That's the third and the fourth generation. New Testament equivalent, uh, Galatians 6, 7, and 8, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh... We'll reap destruction. And unfortunately, when we sow to the flesh and we sow sin, that affects the people around us, especially our children, which will affect our grandchildren, which often will affect our great-grandchildren. Um, here's the reality. We are all born sinners. You're a sinner. I'm a sinner. Uh, did anyone ever have to teach your child to be selfish? Show me your hand. okay? And let, me show you, let me show you how you don't share and you won't let anybody play with your toy. Have you noticed that you don't have to teach a child? You have to teach them to share. What's usually the first uh, words of, of a baby? Usually? Two. Mine or no. Right? Uh, that just comes naturally. Right? That's that old sinful selfish nature. Here's my point. Hebrews 12.1 We are all born with hindering, entangling, besetting sin that trips us up for life. Um, We're in a race, but we've got these sins that we inherited, these tendencies, if you will, and and we inherited them from mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, great grandma and great grandpa. And uh, here's the illustration Jacob's grandpa playing favorites. Uh, Jacob's father playing favorites. Jacob playing favorites with his children. That's the illustration. Okay. So here's uh, what this will represent for uh, us. Okay. This is a picture. Um, yours will look a little different, but on one side is uh, my mom's family, and on the other side is my dad's family, and uh, that will represent the generations. Um, just give you a little thought, because I I didn't know this, but just on my mother's side, um, her grandfather was a pastor, okay? And then on my grandpa's side, his grandfather was a pastor. And then I'm told then his father rejected that, that Jesus pastor church stuff and he was a scoundrel. Uh, so maybe you understand a little bit more about me, because I get a little bit of both coming at it from uh, great-great-grandpas. Uh, this is my dad's brothers and sisters. Um, just uh, did my aunt's funeral. I was just looking at my Aunt Shirley there. But anyway, that will represent um, my family, uh, and you can be thinking about it in terms of yours. So, here's the point. We all inherit sinful tendencies from our parents, our grandparents, our great-grandparents. What do you mean? Well, some of us here today are prone to worry and fret and stew just like mom did. So some of you, if you'll think about it, yeah, I guess I come by that naturally. Some of us are quick to anger. We have a short fuse. Just like dad have a short fuse. Some of us struggle with telling the whole truth. Um, you know what? I recall Grandma didn't do real well with telling the whole truth. Some of us battle over eating, gluttony, and you'll think about it, and you go, you know, Grandpa, uh, he, he just couldn't resist food. He, he was always uh, eating. Some of us are racists, and we don't like other nationalities, and you think, where did that come from? How do I naturally just not like other people's, other, other nationalities? And then you realize, you know, my family, uh, they were a part of the Confederate Army, and my grandfather was named after Robert E. Lee. And, and just maybe that's where that comes from, because they so loved the Confederacy and so disliked uh, some things that were going on at that time, maybe that got passed down. you understanding? Um, some of us today, we have to stay far away from alcohol. And the reason is because you've seen how it destroyed segments of your family down through the family history. Um, some of us are here and you realize, you know what? Uh, my relatives are easily entangled in sexual sin. And you hear about an affair here, and somebody's sleeping with somebody they're not married to here, and you realize, you know what? That sexual sin is a part of my family history I'm not saying give me your eyes I'm not saying here we get to blame mom and dad well the reason I sin it's because mom and dad pass it it's grand and grandpa's fault it's great grand, that's not what I'm saying we are responsible for the poor choices we make tracking so I'm not saying we get to blame them what I am saying though is it'll help us to realize you know what This sinful tendency that I have in my life, that trouble that complicates my life, that tendency towards that particular sin got passed down to me. Does that make sense? Um, We've inherited it. We inherited it from mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, great grandma, great grandpa. So here's the choice. You ready? We throw up our hands, we say, It's too hard. It's too difficult. And if grandma and grandpa couldn't uh, overcome it and get victory, and if mom and dad couldn't overcome it and get victory, how on earth am I going to? I guess I'm just stuck. I guess it's just too hard. I guess I'll just have to live with it. And that's how I would argue most people live. Oh, well, they passed it on to me. I'll just pass it on to my children. my children I'll just pass it on to my grandchildren oh well it's too hard it's too difficult I can't get victory that that's one choice or give me your eyes this this is the good one you can say loud and strong and often Jesus and I can break the chain of sin that got passed down to me I like that option better how about you Jesus and I can break the chain of sin that got passed down to me. That's a good enough line I think we should say together, don't you think? Jesus and I can break the chain of sin passed down to me. One more time. You almost have it. Jesus and I can break the chain of sin that passed down to me, that got passed down to me. Now turn and tell somebody next to you. Okay, now you got it. Tell them. Jesus and I can break the chain of sin they got passed down to me. And now you tell it back to them. Well, Jesus and I, we can break the chain of sin. They got passed down to me. Okay? Okay, dad and grandpa were negative and critical and you could never measure up. But Jesus and I can break the chain in this generation. Isn't that a good thought? You don't have to keep passing it down to your children and your grandchildren. Okay, so here's the question, if you're thinking with me right now, if you haven't gone to sleep, here, here's the question, how? How on earth can I break this chain of entangling, besetting sin that's been in my family for several generations? How on earth can I get victory? I can give you five steps or keys or uh, you, you put whatever you want. Now... This might be the good time to grab a pen and take a note or two, don't you think? Uh, Because if you don't have any entangling, besetting sins, uh, maybe somebody close, so you could take notes for them, okay? Uh, If you don't have any of those things. Um, I'll give you five. You've got a blank page in your bulletin. If you don't have any extra uh, paper, you can use that, okay? Here we go. Number one, Romans 6.17. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you've come to obey from your heart. Verse 18, you've been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. First key to breaking the chain of sin is saying yes to Jesus by faith. If you're here and you don't know Jesus personally, I don't have any answers for you other than first step, you need to come to a personal relationship with Jesus. Because you don't have the power of Christ in you, Uh, you don't have Jesus, King of the universe, creator of the cosmos living inside of you, I guess I would just have to say, honestly, you're stuck. And the only way you, you can ever get victory is step one, you have to know Jesus, follow Jesus, live for Jesus. No Jesus, no victory. No Jesus, no victory. You understand? K N O W E, no victory. Uh, second key. I'm supposed to hold up two fingers. Second key to breaking the chain of sin. Uh, well, we've been gossiping in our family. We can't keep secrets. Uh, Mom and Dad, Mom couldn't keep a secret. Grandma couldn't see, keep a secret. I've heard tell the great-grandma, she had to immediately tell everything she knew, okay? So how do, you, how do you beat that up, okay? Step number two, you call the sin that got passed down to you by name, name it, okay? So whatever it is, you call it by name, uh, it's gossip, um, it's adultery, it's alcoholism, Uh, You name the sin, okay? I recognize that Grandpa cursed like a sailor. And uh, Dad, wow. (laughs) When Dad got angry, it was amazing all the four-letter words that he could string together. And you know what? Now that I think about it, uh, when I get angry, there's some really ugly words that come out of my mouth. Um, You have to call that by name. First of all, call what it is and then call it what God's Word calls it. What does God's Word call that? It's sin. No more excusing grandpa or dad or excusing me. I'm gonna call it what what the Bible calls it, what Jesus calls it. It's sin. And then once you confess it, you need to take it to the cross because those profane words coming out of my mouth are what sent Jesus to the cross. Those obscenities That that keep flowing out of my mouth, that's what Jesus shed his blood for, my filthy mouth, or whatever your entangling besetting sin is. Call it what it is. Name it, it's sin. Third key to breaking the chain of sin uh, is to say to the Lord, You ready? And this is more of an attitude, okay? Because you can say it and really not mean it, but if you say it and you really mean it, this is powerful. Uh, Lord, whatever it takes, I want freedom. Whatever it takes, I want to see your victory working in and through me. Jesus, I've had enough. I know this got passed from generation, but by your grace, it's going to stop in this generation. So you show me, I'm in, I'm all in, make it clear, whatever it takes. And frankly, this is where a lot of us stop short because the Lord shows us, well, here's what you need to do. And you say, uh, got any other options? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got any other, other thoughts? Because I don't really like plan A here. Would you show me B, C, and D and let me pick multiple choice? Because the truth is this is hard and this is difficult because if it was easy, you would have already broken it, Right? If this, if this stuff that got passed to you was easy to deal with, you would have already been free. So the challenge is to say, you know what, Lord? Um, whatever it takes. Count me in. Um, here we go. Fourth key to breaking the chain of inherited sin. Ready? Invite a friend or two that you can trust into your life, or better yet, Cal, invite your community small group to pray for you regarding this issue. Invite them to pray for you regularly, and then would you ask me regularly, how you doing, hold me accountable. Uh, It's amazing, these sins, they thrive in secret. And when you share them with trusted friends, when you share them with people that you can trust, It's amazing the power goes away, a lot of it, when you just invite people to pray with you for victory. Pride says, I can do it alone. I don't don't need any help. And I would answer, oh, really? You can do it alone? You don't need any help? Then why don't you already have victory over it? If you can do it all by yourself, then how come you're still entangled and you're still chained? Um, Galatians 6.2, carry each other's burdens. Uh, carry each other's entangling stuff and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ this way you love like Jesus fifth and final step to breaking the chain of sin realize that one victory or even a week's worth of victories or even a month's worth of victories the battle is not over Okay, Uh, freedom and victory must be maintained you might want to write that down Freedom and victory have to be maintained. Well, how do you maintain it? You daily walk and abide and stay connected and filled up with Jesus and His Spirit. And if you don't maintain that position daily, you're going to lose your victory and you're going to lose your freedom. Okay. So let's say you have a bad day. You don't get full of Jesus. You, you wander away. You go right back to that old tendency, that old inherited entangling thing. Uh, What do you do? What do you do? Just lay there for a month, right? Just, oh, you blew it again. Uh, You're awful. You're no good. We knew you would do this. Is that what you should do? What do you do? Do the U turn. Get up. Run to the cross. Get clean. Lord, I blew it. I sinned. Wash, cleanse, purify me. Lord, I, I'm going to get right back to you and I'm going to walk with you. Because the devil is attracted to sin like flies are attracted to manure. Think about that. Satan loves sin and when we're just laying in our sin, we're, we're feeling, oh, I'm awful and, and we're self-pity party going on. Satan loves to work in that atmosphere. So uh, don't let him just come and hover around you. you. You do the U-turn, you get clean, you get right back in relationship with Jesus. And then James 4.7 says, I can resist the devil, and then he'll flee from me. But you've got to get right with Christ. And then Satan says, okay, I'm not so attracted. I don't want to buzz around you anymore. Every one of us here today were born sinners. Psalm 51.5, 5, excuse me. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Romans 5.12, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this death came to all people because all sinned. So, conclusion. Some of the trouble that complicates our lives is trouble that got passed on to us at birth. Uh, A lot of the tendencies... That you and I struggle with. A lot of the complications we have, uh, those were complications that mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, great grandma and great grandpa struggled with. So you can choose to say, it's too hard. Pastor Jeff, it's, it's just too hard. I'm going to ignore it. I'm going to pretend that I don't see it. I'm going to give up. Uh, it's too hard. It's too strong. And you'll probably then pass it on to the next generations. That's just the reality. That's a choice. It's too hard. I quit. I give up. And you'll probably pass it right on to the next generations. Or, here's the other option. I like this. I can say loud and often and strong, Jesus and I can break the chain of sin passed down to me. Want to say it with me again? Jesus and I can break the chain of sin passed down to me. One more time, like you mean it. Jesus and I can break the chain of sin that's been passed down to me. Do you believe that? Four of you. Do you believe that? <laughs> okay. So are you going to act on it? Or are you just going to let it float away and go right back to the old ways? Let's pray. Lord, we uh, recognize that all of us here today are sinners. None of us are excluded from that. We're all born to sinners. Uh, All of us have had entangling, besetting issues that have been passed down to us, tendencies to sin. The question is, what are we going to do about it? going to blame it on mom, going to blame it on grandpa, going to ignore it, give up, going to pass it on to your children and then to your grandchildren? Or are you willing to say, you know, that's enough. No more. I believe, Jesus, that your power can break the chain of sin that's been passed down to me. I believe that. And by your grace, I'm going to start walking out those steps. I'm going to start doing it your way, and I'm going to seek with all my heart your victory. If that's uh, your heart here this morning... Would you be willing to say, Lord, uh, you've spoken clear. Enough's enough. I don't want to pass this on. I don't even want to deal with this myself anymore. By your grace, Lord, I want to say loudly and strongly, Jesus, I believe that you and I in your power can break the chain of sin that's been passed down to me, and right now you got that that specific tendency in mind, and uh, that's enough. I'm ready to act. Who'd lift up their hand and say, "Lord, you're talking to me"? Just want you to know, I've heard, I've heard. Yeah. Are there others? Lord, you're talking to me, <laughs> and I and I need some victory here. Anybody else? Yeah. Anyone in the balcony? You're talking to me, Lord. See my hand. You're talking about me right now. I want to pray for you if you just lifted your hand. I want to ask the Lord to do some amazing, powerful stuff. And I guess for some of you to remain anonymous and you'll find trusted people, that's good. I just want to give you this offer. Some of you might say, you know what? Enough hiding, uh, enough keeping it in secret. Um, I just want to stand before Jesus and His church, and I'm okay if the people around me realize by the grace and power of Christ, I'm breaking the chains that's been passed on to me. So, uh, give you the option if you'd like to stand. And uh, people will know, and we'll ask them to jot your name down, and, and maybe they'll ask you. Uh, also, go to some trusted friends, go to your small group. Um, but uh, if you'd like to stand, that's, uh, you get extra uh, courageous points if, uh, if that's where you're at. But I'm going to pray right now for those who lifted their hands. Lord, you're talking and you're working, and you're working in my life, and you're working in, in many others. So we come to you as your children. We've been bought out of slavery to sin by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, we recognize you are the Lord of the universe and you're also the Lord of our lives. And right now we want to submit our minds, our bodies, our wills to you as living sacrifices. Would you fill us up with your spirit? Would you show us, Lord, your path to victory? And it might not be instant, it might take some time This might be a journey, but Lord, that's okay, whatever it takes. And Lord, when we blow it, give us the courage to get up and confess and get back on your road to victory in the power of your Son, Jesus. And Lord, I'm asking that you'll give us the determination not to pass on the garbage, the sinful tendencies that got passed on to us. Show us the people that we can share and hold us accountable. We pray all this in the awesome name of your son, Jesus. Amen. I want you to know, prayer chapel is going to be open after this service. So if you need to go and have some folks pray over you, that's available. Uh, But uh, I know this, we're hungry for victory. We're hungry for freedom, Andy. I think we should stand and sing that to the Lord, don't you? So uh, let's sing about our hunger for victory and freedom in Christ.